0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires.
2: Get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. How cool of a deal is that? All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It takes 90 seconds. And use the code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. This is the best deal you're going to find. New customers. It's a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. How cool is that? Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Code is Colin. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www1800 gamblernet In New York, call 877-HOPE NY or text HOPE NY 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com/basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and Responsible gaming resources.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. I am honored to um, host this next guest, which has already been on the Draymond Green Show. Uh, six Man of the Year three times. Made that whole thing about a six man uh, have any relevance? So we're going to get into that. But first off, we're live. Well, live to you not necessarily live right now, but we're at Hinkle House in Indianapolis, Indiana, All-Star Game, but this legendary place, uh, honored, thank you to Butler University for having us in this gym. Now, I see this banner up here, Final Four 2010 banner, and I'm not happy about it because Gordon Hayward filed me to get that banner. He clearly fouled you. It's insane. On the front of the newspaper, his hand, it's like this, oh, yes, we're, we're down one, to go to the national championship. And so, yes, they would have had the banner, but it says national finalists, and that should have been me. And I think that we would have won the championship. Nonetheless, I'm thankful to be here. Ma, welcome to the show. My welcome dog. back to the welcome show. Welcome
3: back. Repeat offender. Absolutely. Yes, sir.
1: Man, I, I got a lot of topics to get into it with you. Um one being, and, and I want to jump right into this. I think you know when we start looking at the NIL culture, um, and 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 you know where college basketball is going, it's all stemming from AAU, yes. uh, and what AAU has done. And you are at the heart of that with Seattle Rotary, uh, your young fella JJ coming up in the pipeline. Just want to start off with, what's your take on where the AAU game is right now?
3: That's a great question, and and. I wasn't really a part of AAU culture before him, to be honest with you. Like, how many years did you play AAU coming up? I
1: played AAU from sixth grade to 12th grade.
3: I played AAU two years, really? period. So I played in fifth grade, left when worked on my game, and came back and played my last year. That's so I wasn't really hip to how AAU works, to be honest with you. Then I got back in it through him just being a parent. I was, I was a parent before I started coaching him that kept score. I was just keeping score. You know, I didn't mess with the coaches. I was just right there, just keeping score. And that was that. It gave me a way to kind of watch him in peace a little Mm -hmm. bit. You know what I'm saying? So I just kept score. And then, as fate would have it, I started being an assistant coach. The coach asked me, Daryl Henning shouts, and he runs the whole program. It's his program. And then I got to become the coach. And what I've seen is it's kind of nasty in some ways. Yeah. In some ways, it's kind of, I'm going to be honest with you, it's kind of nasty from the standpoint. Some of these coaches, they want the top kid. They want to fly kids around. And I'm not faulting the kid at all because if you coming from where we come from and somebody's like, I'm going to get you some shoes, some flights to see the, the rest of the country. Parents, and they trust the coaches, all mm-hmm. good. But them coaches, man, they, they, they're playing through kids in some regards. They're not really helping them. Mm-hmm. They'll have, you know, just older kids or whatever it is to try to say, look at me, look what my team is doing. Your guy Trav does it right. Mm-hmm. One of the few to do it right. I mean, like we've talked where it's like, He's really pouring into the kids. He's not for the wins and losses now. He's trying to help them later, and that's what we're trying to do. Myself, we're one of the only staffs to have all three coaches that play D1.
1: Wow.
3: Myself, Keith Smith to play at Oregon and Pepperdine, and Real Hennings that played at uh, UC Davis. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is with our team, we're trying to – we're watching film. We're practicing three times a week. We're doing the skill stuff that's like what's in your bag, but we're doing the skill stuff like, nah. Fuck what's just in your back handling. This may be a catch-and-shoot game. Mm-hmm. This may be a game you gotta take charge. This gotta be a game you gotta give yourself up to get the team, you know, good shots. So yeah. we're teaching that. Because we're teaching them how to play now, but more importantly, how to play later mm-hmm. and be good young men. So for us, that's what it's about.
1: So that's that that leads me to my next question. Um a lot of young NBA, well a lot of NBA players now have sons that's coming up. You got JJ. Uh, Trevor, Reza Taj, yeah. um, Gilbert, Elijah, and there's been a lot of talk about Gilbert and his approach with his son, and everybody else approaching. I think you know Gilbert has been very public about it and saying, you know, he wanted his son to learn how to carry, and so he kind of sent him to a school that's not great basketball. I think it's Chatsworth or something. Uh-huh. Uh Not not great basketball team, but he's the man, and he get to do whatever. And that's a different approach, right? Like, And then you have some people that you know, send their kids to powerhouse. I know you went to Rainier. I don't know if you were sending JJ there or not, but uh-huh. what's your take on kind of the approach of sending your kid to a team that's essentially trash and he get to do what he wants but may not necessarily be learning how to play the game the right way or going to a powerhouse like Rainier where – there's a pedigree. You're going to play it right way. Coach probably been there for a while or there's some type of history there right. that you follow. What's your take on, on those two philosophies?
3: That's a great question. So for us, let's just say Rotary right now. I feel like we got nine players. I feel like basically all nine would be the best. They can go to any other team and be the best player. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. But I
3: have the, all them plan as a team. And for me, that's needed because I want them to go for good to great. Yeah, you have to be a dog and a killer, but for me, setting the foundation for them, I want them to know how to play the right way. So we we actually call ourselves the Warriors. If you watch us play, like we the ball's hopping, mm-hmm. we, we've mastered random. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's like, and Trav will tell you, like we shoot a lot of threes, but it's they're they're generated off of like good plays, good possessions. So I'm teaching them to, to function playing with other good players. Yes. Now for JJ, especially, he's playing up, right? So they're eighth grader; he's in seven. Mm-hmm. So he knows he's. And he benefits a lot of it off because of the ball movement. But next year, he's going to have to play great. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to carry a load. But he's ready for that, too. So what I did to supplement that is I had him play for a school team. I had him play feeder. And he does that there. So he's getting the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. But I think knowing how to play is the most important thing. Because as you know, you're better than anybody. As the higher you go, mm-hmm. the, 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 the smaller the box gets of greatness for everybody. Yeah. But it's also like this is the top of the top. Mm-hmm. So you can't just go in there being a one man band. You can't just go in there being a one man show. Mm-hmm. You have to learn. The better you get, and the the higher levels you go, you have to learn to play with good players. Absolutely. So either way, it's going to be an adjustment. But I think you still get that dog. And I'm not faulting Gilbert because he's doing it his way and mm-hmm. it's working. Mm-hmm. So yes, but at a certain point, even his son's going to have to, you know, yeah. conform and know how to play with other people and still not lose himself while doing it.
1: Yes. I think I think that's a very important thing and not losing yourself because you you sometimes you get to the league or it happens for different people at different right, stages. At different sometimes times. it's high school for some guys, college for some guys, NBA for some. Like I was a scorer till I got to the NBA, right. you know, and then you got to like figure it out, right. you know. And so, but I think that's interesting from you because what I've watched in you uh, all these years and playing against you, but even going further back or just watching before I ever got to the NBA, you've always known how to play the game the right way. But yeah, you've also had coaches that's like, here, Ma, go do your go thing. Go do it. Right? Like, go do your shit. Go to the ball. You call a pick and roll whenever you want to. You flatten out, you call ISO whenever you want right. to. Like, and it sounds like that's what I'm hearing you say. Like I'm essentially tr- training JJ to be the same thing where, he can mix you, he he got all the stuff, but yeah, he know how to play the game.
3: And, and with JJ, right, and let's say he plays his grade and he's like, dad, I can get 40. I'm like, yeah, 40 is cool. I would rather have you get 28 and 12 assists. Yes, That's more than 40. And, and I told him, I said, Luca, how much did he have? He said he had 73. I said, yeah, but he had 13 assists too. The trick is this. All great scores, the more you pass, the easier it is to score.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Because you put them in a trick bag. So if you have even the game I last game at 51 points, I had five assists. Yes. Right? So I'm like, if if Luca only had five assists that game, they may have been a 55-point game because they know he's just gonna score. Yeah. But the fact he has 73 and now he has 14 assists, they don't know how to guard him. Mm-hmm. They put him in a trick bag. If 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 I can make if I can have JJ look at one player, just one player, and he had to study one player. It would be Penny Hardaway, but mm. a better shooter. Because I want him to be able to really like to do this as well as score. And right now with him playing up, the physicality kind of bothers him to do that. Cause he can actually pass and dribble as good as he can shoot. But you don't you'll never know it until he kind of his physicality catches up to his game.
1: That's incredible. Um and switching gears, uh, you just you you just spoke about having you just spoke about having fifty one points. Yeah. Uh and I mean you've done that, but I want to talk about something with with the NBA and with veterans and how it kind of happens for guys towards the end of the career. And it's bec- it's becoming more and more prevalent now, especially with the new CBA and stuff. Right. You got veteran minimums where a veteran will be making $3 million Cheap and they can get the young kid the side, right. <laughs> for $1.1 <$1. laughs> million. Dollars. Right. In a situation like the Golden State Warriors, that $3 million is actually $15 million.
3: It's $15? Through the tax and everything else. the tax. And so, Damn, I know it's a still.
1: And because we're in the repeater tax.
3: Yes. And oh, okay, now you okay, got okay, that okay, first okay.
1: apron, second apron. If I'm not mistaken, I think we're already at the second apron. And so the penalties are crazy. But it's putting guys in a tough situation as well. Here you are, you score 51 points, and then the next year, you're not on an NBA roster. How is that possible? You know, and so just where the league has kind of gone in a sense of veterans. And the effect that it's having on these young guys, what's your take on that?
3: It's awful, Jay. And this, and this is the thing for me. And I've heard you speak about it before when you had the David Wests, Jermaine O'Neills, right? Like all those vets to really kind of set the tone for your, your career. I had Oak. I had Rick Brunson. I had Kendall Gill. I didn't know what I didn't know until I, I saw them guys. Oh, no, being on time is being an hour and a half early if you're a young fella, yeah. right? Saying after, you can't eat McDonald's before the game no more. Like, that stuff set the foundation for my career. And I think that's what's missing. For me personally, I went teammate of the year the year before. I go to Phoenix. At first, we're trying to win. They say we're trying to win. We're trying to make the playoffs. But you can go back and check it out. Trevor Reasons gets traded. Tyson Chandler gets traded. Now it's just me and Ryan Anderson there. Yeah. So now we were from trying to make the playoffs, so we just, we're we going young. Mm-hmm. And so now you got to be a good vet. Right. Yeah, and you should want to because you've had your run, but it, you know it's the younger guys' turn. That month, the younger guys are like they—they're not a lot of them not playing. And now I have my highest scoring month of my career. I have wow. thirty-one for the month of April. Wow, thirty-one point six assists off the bench, and we won half the games, and we didn't win shit that year. So winning half the games <laughs> was impressive. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? And
1: y'all were getting mopped that year. I, I remember. I remember. Right.
3: That year. Absolutely. And so. One and a half the games was something to me. I averaged 31, six assists in the last game. I, I get 51 and five off the bench. I just won team of the year. I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to get a deal. I'm not saying I'm going to get anything above minimum, but I know I'm going to get a contract. Yes. I get nothing. And so I went through moments of depression. Like, damn, I couldn't even watch basketball. Bro, I couldn't even watch. As much as I love basketball, I couldn't even watch basketball for a year and a half. I didn't watch basketball at all at all. And then the bubble happened and I came back for that. And that's a whole nother story, but I I hadn't played in 16 months or whatever, but I was depressed and I didn't know it. And my wife told me, she like, you would go to rooms and just kind of just disappear and come back. And I've never said this. I would go to rooms to kind of disappear then come back with the fam and just like, cause I I couldn't understand why I was not getting a call. I Mm -hmm. didn't understand it. And all these same teams, why don't you come be a coach? Why don't you come run the front office? I'm like, oh, so you respect my mind, you respect that, mm-hmm. but you just don't want me on the court. Yes. And that part messed me up and it took me a while to get there. And then I had to be really reflective. I'm like, okay, if God said you have to go out, this is the best way I could send you out. Cause you know, obviously he knew, but it was just crazy to me. And, and I think Isaiah's going through it right now.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Not the depression part, but just certain days where you just, you know, you're, you're like, damn. And I think what it is, is I think, when you've had a following for a long time and you go to a team, that fan base is gonna to wanna to see you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And that could be kind of a distraction for a team that's trying to grow young people.
1: Interesting. And
3: it took me a while to get to that point, right? Interesting. So if my name was Jamal Johnson and I was, you know, just the same vet, maybe I get signed with the same credentials, maybe I get signed. Mm-hmm. But if I'm me and I have some type of following and people wanna, no, put them in the game, it could be a distraction. But what I will say to answer your question, sorry that was so long-winded. No, is, that was great. I appreciate I think it. There should be a rule that on every team you need three guys that have ten years and more experience, mm-hmm. because you can help, like, slow some of the things that are happening down with the younger generation, on and especially off the court. Because mm-hmm. you know we we see it like no 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 slow down like yeah. you got to move like this. And if they just have one and it's still a bunch of young guys, that's not fixed. They're like, man, it's old, dude. Mm-hmm. But if you have three or two or three, are like, no, no, y'all need to slow down or you need to slow down, I think they hear it a little bit differently. I think that should be a mandatory. It'll help the league. I think it'll help the young players. it helps help set their foundation.
1: I agree 100%. I always talk about my vets that I had and how important they were to my career. Like like you were just talking, J- Jermaine O'Neal, Jared Jack, uh, Carl yeah, Andrew, David West, Zaza Pachulia. David Lee. Like, the list goes on and on. Andrew Bogut. Like, Andre Godala. Yes. You know, and, like, these things. just named seven right there. Like, like I played with all those guys. All those guys I just named with, between years one and five, I played with all those guys. And the things that they taught, Richard Jefferson.
3: Yeah. Like, y'all, yeah, I have RJ. Okay. The
1: things that they taught me, like, when you look at my demeanor on the basketball court, when I first came into the league, like, I was me, but I'm like, man, I can't get texts. I can't do this. And RJ was like, yes, you can. You should get texts. That's the only way you're going to make it. It's like being that guy. You have to be okay with that. And I'm like, yeah, RJ, but I don't want to find at the time. I'm, I'm making yeah, a few yeah, dollars. Yeah, I'm a yeah, second yeah. round pick. Like, I need this. And he like, but you have to look at it as an investment in yourself. That's real. It's like, you, you just have to be okay with that because who you need to be for this team You got to be okay with getting some of that.
3: Speaking to you when you just said, it just hit me when you said, when you start playing And David Lee. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know David Lee was an all-star. I'll tell you a conversation I've never never said before. I remember it vividly. You could ask Steph. At the time, I had some buzz to make the all-star. So did Steph. Yep. Yep. And I remember the game before, maybe a week before they picked, I'm like Steph. You think he's like? I think it's gonna be me or you. One of us gonna make it. Mm-hmm. David Lee makes Lee it. Lee
1: made it. <laughs> I remember that.
3: David Lee makes the All Star. Fast forward a little bit. You basically replace and and kind of take over that position. We played you in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and we're all on the side like, oh shit! Like we knew it was coming. Not the run you guys were going. Yeah. On. I'm not saying that, but you personally, we like. He's a dog. He's a dog, and he's he can do it all. Mm-hmm. And that gave you guys a whole different versatility. Absolutely. And that made us like, it gave us pause like, oh man, like, because you can, you can do so many things that can't be accounted for and can't be duplicated, mm. especially with your group, right? So we're like, damn. We knew you guys were coming. We just didn't know like how, where we would go. But we knew-
5: this is the story of The One. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: So you were going to be at the center of it.
1: And, and, and it was very interesting how it happened, too, because, you know, as, as you know, during that time, you got Blake DJ. Yes. You got uh, Zach. And Mark Gasol, yep. You got Roy Hibbert and David West, yep. You got like uh, you still had Timmy and Tiago Splitter yep, or sure Timmy did. and Boris Diaz. Uh huh. Moral of the story: You still had like two bigs, like traditional, big, like traditional bigs, yeah, bigs at the time. Real the Marcus bigs, Aldridge at the yes. four in Portland, yeah. Like you got real bigs, and it was interesting how it worked out because that wasn't me. You know, like I could bang with those guys. So we were just talking about Michigan State and everything that I learned uh, with physicality and all of those things. I could bang with those guys. So and I wasn't going to back down, but I was very much so undersized for the position. For sure. And so the way it, in, all you look at it now, and it's like it feels like an eternity ago because the way the game is played
3: now. He was way ahead of the curve. Do you give Mark Jackson credit for that? Like.
1: What you know what I give Mark Jackson credit for? Um, because here's what I will like, I can't give Mark Jackson all the credit for that style. And by the way, Coach Jackson, it to me, is like that's like it still baffles me that he's never gotten an NBA oh, job. I can't
3: believe it. It's insane. I say all the time, it's crazy.
1: It's insane. I can't give him credit for that per se, because the switch for me starting, like permanently, actually came under Steve. Okay. I don't personally think Mark had the blessing or okay to even be able to do that. Cause you think at the time d Lee is making 16 million dollars. And a year. An all-star. An all-star. Right. And this is at the time where 16 is max, you know, yes. like. 16 is 40 now. Exactly. Right. Like people hit 16, they're like, oh. Like that was Max at that time, right? And so I don't think he necessarily had the power to even be able to put me in the starting role. Whereas, opposed to when Steve came in, Steve came in with a whole different power. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forget when Steve first came in, he came in with a five-year, twenty-five million dollars sure deal. When well, that was a ton for coaches. Yeah, for he sure. He was a first-time coach. Yeah. He came in with a totally different power, and so. But what Mark, but but where I do give Mark credit is the confidence that he instilled in us to be okay with being us. The confidence that he instilled in Steph to be like, nah, dude, like I, I can remember vividly conversations with him like, nah, dude, you the baddest dude on the planet. This is before Steph Curry's an all-star.
3: Bro, he said Steph and Clay were the best shooting back where we all was like, is he crazy? What's wrong with you? Everybody though. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> what's, what's wrong with you, dude? Right. Why, why are you saying these right. things? I'm, we're like, and we're in meetings, we're in the locker room, we're in practice. And he's like, dude, you're the baddest dude on the planet. And I'm just sitting there like, this dude's you really he was- telling him he's the baddest dude on the planet. <laughs> right. Steph was just now starting to come into his own. Like, coming off the ankle injury. I remember yep. my rookie year, starting my rookie year, uh, before training camp actually starts, there... This is when they're in and talks about giving Steph to a four-year, $44 million contract. And he signed
3: Lawson, Drew Holiday, all signed that Demar same DeRozan, deal. DeMar yep. DeRozan,
1: they all signed the same deal. And I remember this clearly. Steph came in for an individual workout. The owners, front office doctors. Everybody's sitting at his workout as if we're sitting here at Hinkle House, and Steph is working out right there.
3: Like going through the draft process or something. Watching, like watching. his
1: workout because he was coming off the ankle surgeries. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out through a workout, is he healthy enough to give him this $44 million? That
3: is like, crazy.
1: It's the most unbelievable thing. Meanwhile, Mark Jackson is telling this, man, you the baddest dude right. on the planet. Klay <laughs> Thompson. like Klay has no conscience. Zero. Sometimes to a fault. But guess what? What I've learned is your biggest fault can also be your biggest strength. Right? And so sometimes even to a fault. Most coaches would have essentially forced him to have a conscience. For sure. Mark Jackson fed that like, no, dude, you don't think shoot. Like, what, what are you thinking about? Shoot the ball. Right. You're that good of a shooter. This is the best shooting backcourt of all times. Blah, blah, blah. And so what Mark instilled in us allowed us to become that. Because the confidence that he gave, that he poured into us, I remember the very first day I stepped on, <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is when people call me too small. Like, oh, he's too small for the position. So David Lee got the ball in the post. D Lee, that's my dog. That's my <laughs> vet. D Lee got the ball in the post. And you know D Lee. You play with D he Lee. He's my rookie. He's your vet. That's crazy. D Lee's an asshole. Yeah. Like, I love him to death.
3: Smart Alec and all that. Absolutely. I love him too. Yeah, D.
1: Lee. So D. Lee gets the ball. He catches the ball in the post. I'm on this side. And he's like, oh, I got a mouse. I got a mouse. Mouse, y'all better come help. Oh, I got a mouse. Oh, that just hurt. He's holding the ball on this side. I reach over. Snatch the ball. Throw D. Lee down. Take off. Like, don't ever fucking don't call ever me fucking a mouse. do fucking do that. Are you crazy? Mark Jackson is pouring into that. Yeah. He oh, tells yeah. me right away. As soon as I get drafted, I'm on the phone with him. I I want you to come in here. I want to see the same Draymond Green I saw at Michigan State. Leadership, blah, blah, blah. But he's
3: saying it and meaning it, though.
1: Absolutely. So he instilled that in us. Like, where we believe. So then Steve come in. Steve implements a great offense. Mark Jackson had our defense on point already. Steve comes in to take the offense to the next level. So that's when
3: the magic happened.
1: And not only does Steve take the offense to the next level, but Steve takes the winning ways to the next level because he's one of the ultimate winners in this league. Yes, he is. Like Steve Kerr, if you look at the NBA, Steve Kerr, Phil Jackson.
3: Pop. Pop, Pat Riley, Yeah, it starts getting very short after that.
1: When you look at, when you bunch that group of guys together, they account for, like, 40-something championships in NBA history, if not more. That group of guys. Steve Kerr is in that group. He's in that group. Of guys. He's, the ways, the thing Steve Kerr taught me about winning is insane. And so what Steve then brought was, like, that, the offense, In the winning ways.
3: And think about what you just said. You said Steve Kerr, Phil Jackson, Pop, and Pat Riley. Mm -hmm. The other two he played for. Absolutely. So all the knowledge he got from those two, right? And they may not see it exactly the same, because I know Pop comes from the Larry Brown coaching tree. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's like the knowledge he's given, I'm sure the details you're getting, the game you're getting is just, that's priceless.
1: Absolutely. And so... That's where it changed, it really changed for us. Like, Mark instilled it in us, but Steve took it to another level for
3: okay. us. Okay. So that was That makes all the sense in the world. Okay.
1: And which came at an interesting time because then that's also the time that we're running up against y'all. Live City. Yeah. You coming off the bench, which leads me to my next topic: six Man. So I feel like You're in a very interesting space right now where you're becoming more known (laughs) for TV than you are for, like, we talk Lou Will. Lou Will's great, what Lou Will did, love it. But that started with you. And you're now becoming, you're not far removed from playing. No. But you're becoming more known for TV. Before we get into the TV thing, talk to me about, your place in the six-man goat conversation—how you like—you were kind of one of the first guys to really embrace that and make that a thing. Talk to me about that and like.
3: So, I've won since I was a kid. I won as a kid. I won in high school. I went to Michigan. Only played seventeen games, but we won thirteen of them.
1: I wish y'all lost thirteen of them. But we'll no, talk no, about no. That My lady. first
3: one I missed was Michigan State. Oh, Mope. Mo. Mo- Mo Pete, mm-hmm. Mateen Cleaves, mm-hmm. Charlie Bell, that whole crew. And I remember speaking of which Dick Vitale coming to, he came to Christ for the first time in years because we, we wasn't doing much before mm-hmm. that. That's the first game in NCAA. Here you go. First game NCAA tells me I can't play. And so it's an ESPN game, national crowd. And I'll never forget Michigan State won the game but Mateen Cleaves came to me like, Little bro, it's all good. Keep your head up. And that meant a lot to me because here he is. He's a rock star. Mm-hmm. He's already a rock star. You know what I'm saying? But he came and showed love and I felt supported, even though I didn't really know him like that at the time. But I've always won. And in the NBA, at this time, Dre is, is like, first off, there's positions. Mm-hmm. You're playing a point, you're playing a two, you're playing a three. Yes. And also, this thing like, oh, he's a good player, he's, he's, he's on bad teams. And I was tired of being known as that. And as fate would have it, I got traded. As this is what I'm gonna start. My last year was in Golden State. Mm-hmm. I, I leave and Steph comes the next year. Cause so I play with Monte. I wow. play with Jack, right?
1: Wow.
3: It was between the it was a transition between the uh We Believe team with mm-hmm. BD and I mean Monte at the Moped, and then Steph coming. So it was the it was that little gap right yep. there. And so I get traded to Atlanta, and they already got their starting five. They got Josh Smith, Joe Johnson, Bibby, mm-hmm. Al Horford. Marvin Williams, yeah, and Coach, and Woody, I love Woody. Woody was like, you ain't gonna start here. I'm like, I ain't I ain't got no ego, I'm cool, or like, whatever. I come off the bench, I'm the second leading score average 18, I should've made an all-star that year. Mm-hmm. Can, let me speak to that real quick. Yes, sir. I hate that people ask people to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. They come off the bench. If I was starting doing the same thing, I would've made an all-star team. Mm-hmm. I averaged 18. My team is, I think, second in the, in the Eastern Conference when they select at the time. Yeah, I should absolutely be an all-star. Mm-hmm. But now nah, he comes off the bench. So it's frowned upon to, to select me, but you, you give me all this praise for sacrifice. Like, absolutely. that don't add up. Yep. Something's not right with that. And then Lou Will, fast forward, he goes through it. He averages mm-hmm. 20 with the Clippers. They won He should have been an all-star that year. Yep. One of the top fourth quarter scores. But anyways, I go there. I, I do my thing. And what I did know at the time, I went a six man was that it was changing the perspective of how the six man was looked at. Yeah. Manu Ginobili was six man, Jason Terry was six man. It was appreciated, but I almost gave it swag and gave it a face. Yes, yeah, sir. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Sir. Like, okay, he's six man. He got game. If he can do it, oh, it ain't so bad. Cause mm-hmm. you know, in our community six, coming off the bench is frowned upon. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. Some childhood. Oh, you don't start Oh, you weak. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Yeah. But come off the bench doing what I did, doing it with swag and still winning games and doing that, it gave it a face. And now every gym, like you said, I'm in the AAU world. So every gym I'm in, it's like six men, I want to be a six man too. And that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. So it's dope to see that. And one of the things that's most impressive, and I saw this stat and I'm not flexing, I promise. I'm fourth all time in fourth quarter score. Fourth, I'm the only person that's off the bench in that, in that conversation. And it's crazy. I think the other three, since they've been tracking, is LeBron, Kobe, Dirk, myself. Wow. Off the bench. So I wear that with pride because mm-hmm. it's like you got shit done and moved mountains even though you're coming off the bench.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting because Manu obviously was a six man for the majority of his career. His career, Right. But it was looked that way differently, to your point.
3: It was like, oh, he's a starter coming off the bench. Yeah, he's sacrificing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, like, absolutely. oh, he just don't want to yeah. start, so he's comfortable coming off right. the bench. So you're gonna... so it was never viewed as, like, him being a six-man. No. It was actually viewed as you, like, being a six-man.
3: Because it was like, Manu could do all these things, and I was more like a specialty, mm-hmm. special teams type dude. So it was more myself, Lou, we're looked at as that. But to answer your question about the GOAT conversation— I would never say I'm the goat of that. I think I'm in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Cause I think everybody, Lou has an argument. Manu has an argument, Mm -hmm. he's a champion. Jason Terry, Hardy came Mm -hmm. off the bench before. Lamar Odom, like there's some dope six man. Ben Gordon was cold to win rookie of the year and six man the same year. So I give all them dudes their flowers. Kevin McHale, obviously, that left shrimp. Uh, But I think I'm in that conversation and however they see it, they see it. But I think, you let others sing your praises. So I let other people say it, but to get that respect, and get that love, you would never know I was a six man with all the love I get from people.
1: Clay recently just came off the bench for the first time since his like rookie thirty-five year. piece shout <laughs> out, Clay. <laughs> like since his rookie year, um, what what would you say to Clay? Like, should he embrace that and say, you know what, I'm going to be the six man? Should he continue like? No, I'm still at this level. I want to fight to be a star. What What would your advice be to a Clay Thompson?
3: I actually reached out to Clay.
1: Wow, really?
3: Be, I reach out to people all the time. But I actually reached out to Clay before he came off the bench,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and I'm like, because we talked about it on TV, and everybody's like trying to bury Clay. Yeah, I'm like, dog, he's still averaging 17 points. <laughs> it's crazy. I said, it's it's Clay is the 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 fight is with himself because he's been so legendary for so long, mm-hmm. right? Yep. 17 points on a great team is, is, is great. Clay's battle is that, and obviously the injuries and everything, but with him, I will tell him to embrace it. It can give him a whole nother win. Like, we don't see legendary players like that. Manu, we talked about, but legendary, legendary guys like that who have had four-time champions, averaging 17, like, I'm going to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing second unit guys. Now you're the focal point of the offense mm-hmm. whenever. Like, it gets you in the rhythm. Forget the off the bench or are starting. You're going to have better numbers doing this than you would as you're doing it right now. Yeah. With more of a focus. And you may have more fun. And that's why I told him in the message, like, bro, have fun. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, have fun. Enjoy this shit. Because I'm here to tell you on the other side of it now, it don't last forever. And you don't want to look back with regrets. Mm-hmm. Like, Man, the last few years, I was mad at Like, enjoy it because it goes so fast. Like, and you've earned that. A lot of people haven't earned that right. You've earned that right. Mm-hmm. Like, enjoy it. Embrace it and have fun.
1: And speaking on the other side, uh, I mentioned earlier, you're you're becoming more known for for a TV personality and speaking about basketball, which I think is great. Like, because that just shows the success that you're having and doing what you're doing now. But it brings me to a conversation of, you're now on that side of things, but obviously you've done what you've done but we live in this world today and speaking to Clay where certain people talk in this media space and it's like what they say is Bible. <laughs> like, like oh, the such and such said it, that's Bible now. He said this or she said that, that's what it is. Let's talk about that.
3: Please. Let's talk about it. Go. You got it. All right. Go. I, I, my problem is basketball is one of the only sports or only things where you don't have to be a professional, a judge professional, and get people looking at it like you're the gospel. Absolutely. And it's crazy to me. Absolutely. Bro, I can't walk into Microsoft and tell Bill Gates, create this, or no, that what you're doing is wrong, you're supposed to do. It. I would Think about how I'd be looked at. Yeah. If I walked into Microsoft and I'm telling Bill Gates how it should look and what should be done, and this is Bill Gates.
1: They look at you like he was out of your mind. Like I'm on something. Absolutely.
3: But we allow it. And that kills me. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly what you mean when you say new media, because it's crazy to me. Like there should be a certain credential that you have not to speak on the game. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that everybody's free to speak how they want, but to say it with your chest out, like, yeah, and I said it so you guys are going to fall in line for this. Ain't that
1: crazy? It's insane. It's insane.
3: And so <laughs> that part kills me. That part kills me, bro. And I'm, I'm, that's why I think I have a responsibility to be in this space. And, and I've given so much of my life to the game, mm-hmm. as you have. Mm-hmm. As, like, certain people have given their life. And for me, I'm not a hot take dude. Yeah. And, that, and what I'm saying, I don't mean... I may not say something that goes viral. I'm saying I'm always following the game. Yes. And I feel like the game will always lead me where I need to go. And I owe that to the game. Mm-hmm. The game's giving me everything. It's giving... Nobody would know who I was, period, if I didn't play the game, right? Mm-hmm. So I owe the game. I'll never cheat the game. And so I, my thing is always follow the ball, follow the game. And if I follow the game, I'll be able to say what I feel is right and what's wrong. And you could do it in a way that's not tearing people down. Mm-hmm. You're just getting the point across and being I, real about it.
1: You know, what's crazy is I, I always tell, like, football players, like, I'm envious of you because they can only really watch and see. Man, did such and such run for X amount of yards? Right. Did he throw for this amount of yards? What was his completion? How many passes did he complete? Uh, how many receptions did that guy have? How many yards? But it's so much going on on the football field that people actually shut the fuck up. Like they're not going to, they're not going to talk and analyze the game of football. How they try to do the game of basketball because everybody and their mama think they know the game of basketball, but when it comes to football, why though? I don't get it. And so I always tell people like, why? Why do you think you should say that to me? And it's interesting because you get one or two reactions. Sometimes you get a reaction like, "Oh my fault, bro!" Like you right, you right, 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 right. But sometimes you actually get people that's like, "No, no." I be- like, because this and that. And I'm like, yo, do you realize <laughs> I study this?
3: More than anything.
1: Like, daily, all day. You watch a game for two hours. I live this, breathe it, study this. That What makes you think in your right mind you know this the way I do?
3: And they're watching it only from the lens that benefits them mm-hmm. or whatever they want their narrative to be. Absolutely. Bro, we see the game from so many different levels. I can tell you from the star point of view. Mm-hmm. I can tell you from a bench player's point of view. I can tell you from just a teammate's point of view. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what the coach is thinking. I can tell you how the front office is trying to put it together. We see it from so many different angles and a totally different lens. You can't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. So what makes you think you know more about this than me? And I'm not saying we can't have a, 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 a great conversation mm-hmm. about it, me and this per X, Y, and Z. But I'm just saying in general, what makes you think that you're like, no, no, what I said, this is it, and this is going. And you may even bring up a good point within the conversation, mm-hmm. but you don't know more, bro. You just don't. You ain't put enough time in.
1: Absolutely. It's the, and, and, and it's the bravado that comes with it. Right. Like, some of these guys that get to talk, I'm just sitting there looking at them. Like, the nerve of you. <laughs> like, the nerve of you. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Say that. The nerve of you. But if I come at you. You're wrong. I'm wrong. But who validated this? Oh, you're a bully, this? right? Like, like. Who validated this
3: thing? It's in that, and, and now, especially with social media, right? hmm That's like a whole different thing because I'm sure some of these same people had the same thoughts, but now we hear them. Mm-hmm. We see them.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's like, and now they're even louder because now they have a voice. And we might respond to them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes at the end of the day, they didn't even care about what they were saying. They just wanted a response. They wanted your attention. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So yep. now you got to decipher through that. It's just a whole different, it's a different era, a different generation, but I feel like we need more basketball people in basketball. Absolutely. Talking the game, in the front offices, coaching, like we need that more often. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's that's needed.
1: Absolutely.
3: The game will be in a better place because of it. 100%. 100%.
1: We all We, we, we spoke earlier about your involvement in the game, how you continue to get back. I saw the other day uh, you were showing Wimby (laughs) and a couple of young guys some moves. I don't think he pulled the move out in the game. You talked about having 10 new moves that people ain't seen.
3: They ain't never seen them. And they would have seen them if I made just one All-Star game. This is my plan, right? This is my ultimate plan. If I made one All-Star game, and you know, your first All-Star game, how many minutes you play?
1: 11 maybe
3: so that's what I'm thinking if I make it I am to play 7 yeah. but it was going to be 7 minutes of funk every single time down the court I was going to do a new move every time I touched the ball I was going to do a new move so how T-Mac had that moment where he threw off the glass and yeah, everybody talked about it I was going to release one of those moves every single I'm like I'm never coming back here again why not <laughs> Shit. why not right For they're going sure. to remember me and that was my plan and so I never made it and so now it's like they in the vault, bro. They just sitting there. And I'm not passing to JJ yet because he's young. He's going to do it so at some point. It'll take him a while to learn it, but he would do it. And I want him to do it when he's, when he's really there and yeah. he's ready for it so that he won't see him either. Nobody's seen him. Even the Wimby moves, like, that was just, I, we had him on, and I asked him if he could do the shake. He's like, yeah, I learned that when I learned the sham guy. And I said, yo, if you do it in the game with who you are, and you know what, I'm going to just give you the full version of that move. You can have it. And nobody's seen it because it happened. I've only done it once. Mm-hmm. and It is when I first did the move. When I first did that move, I was 16 playing a pro-am and I did the full version of it. And the guy I was going, let's say I'm going that way. The guy went all the way to the left. Mm-hmm. And I, laid, I was going so fast, I had to catch myself on the wall. But that version I would give to Wimby, and I promise you it would shut everything down. And if he does it, nigga, he's been practicing. I saw him practicing in the layup line in Miami. Somebody, in, again, social media sent me a video. And I saw it. I said, oh, if he does it, I'm going I'm to show it to him. But I wasn't doing it that day because, one, he didn't do it. And, two, all the players start watching, too. I'm like, well, damn, if I give him the move now, everybody's going to Everybody do the same thing. So that. I was just freestyling with him.
1: <laughs> Tell me this. Um, so I watched Wimby. I haven't gotten an opportunity to play against him yet, but oh, I watch man. him. And um, he's, a, he's a special talent. But I think it's going to be important for him to figure out what it is that, like, he almost can do too much. And it could possibly get in the way of his teammates because you start to float and you don't necessarily know where your place is right. on the court. Right. You know, like, uh, now he up there. And, and like, great scores are going to move around, but most great scores, you know, like, you know where they're getting it at. Wimby sometimes can get it here, get it there, get it all over the place. And I feel like as he moved forward, it could possibly – interrupt the flow of his teammates if he don't learn how to shine. What's your take on like his next level of growth and becoming who he can be in the league?
3: Before he came in the league I said and I said obviously as a cheat code in Pop right Mm -hmm. but I said his skill whatever he does best early we don't know Mm -hmm. but it'll be highlighted right so Pop's gonna play him to a strength whether that's pick and roll whether that's setting the pick whether it's catching on a certain block whether it's Mm -hmm. getting in transition whether it's trail threes whatever it is they're gonna highlight that the cheat code is pop, though, mm-hmm. because I don't think Wimby's best attribute is scoring.
1: Yes. I'm
3: not sure what it is right now, but I caught the game when they played the, the Hawks probably a month ago, and, and Dre was crazy because he does stuff you're not supposed to do. What I mean by that is he may do stuff in space, and you're like, oh, that should be a floater. Yeah, Like anybody else, that would be like, oh, he got to a spot, that's a floater. He's getting to that spot and he's reaching around dunking. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, that don't even add up, bro. We ain't seen that. And then, that game in particular, this is what I love about him. Pop brings him off the bench the second half. Really? Brings him off the bench the second. He starts the game, obviously. Mm -hmm. He didn't like the energy that group had. Brings him off the bench. And he came in in that second half, and he scored 23 points, but it wasn't that. He's blocking everything. And this is what you'll love about him. He's a little thing. As good as the the talent he is, he's a little things dude. That's his game changer. So he's better than the hype. Not because the shit you can see. It's the shit you can't see. He's a little things dude. Every single time he's sprinting, try to block shot. Every Mm -hmm. single time he's running. Every single time he's in the right area on help. Every single time he makes the right play. He's a little things dude. And this what really got me.
4: After the game, I'm
3: walking out. He's in the weight room. He, puts his, he, he sees me, he drops the weights, he comes down, he shakes my hand. He shakes my hand, he doesn't even say nothing. He just puts his head down. Like he wanted some wisdom or knowledge. I saw he's going to be great because he, he, he wants to keep learning, the drive to keep getting better. But the little things he does, besides the big things you see, is why he's going to be out. He's actually better than the hype. It's scary.
1: That's insane. Like I said, I haven't gotten an opportunity to play against him. But I actually think, to your point, I think his best attribute is his defense. Yes. He can control a game defensively. Right now, better than he can offensively. Yep. And he's already pretty amazing offensively what he can in do. In the
3: Rising Stars game, he literally locked down the whole key. And I said it. I said, to win this game, you're going to have to get a mid-range shot because you can't go in there and you can't pull up a three. And my guy... uh, I want to mess up his name. Bozellas. Went to a mid-range. And I told Bozellas after the game, I said, I'm glad somebody did because you weren't going in the key. Mm -hmm. Even the shots he doesn't block, he alters. You're thinking about him. Oh, I can get this one off. He goes and gets one. You're like, damn, I ain't seen that. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's, we use the word different so much, but he actually is different. Mm -hmm. I think what he is for real. I think he was a, a guard that, he just stretched all the way out, so he sees the game like a guard. Yes, he's not like a big trying to dribble. He sees the game like a guard. Oh, boom, boom! That should have went right there already. Shoot it! Like mm-hmm. he's like, I'm like, damn, it's it's he's he's a different breed. I seen it in person. It's crazy. That's exciting. the little things is what separates him, though.
1: Uh, so if you're starting a franchise today,
3: yeah,
1: all the guys in the league, you starting it with Wimby.
3: I, is my franchise trying to go for it the next three years? i trying to go uh, the let's next. Let's
1: say you starting a franchise, and you know you you're the, you're the owner of the franchise, so you could be tough going all in in the first three years. You know, like right. you you try to go all in the first three years, it can possibly set you back another five for sure. six
3: years. That's what I'm saying.
1: Going for it in three years, so just say you starting it and the runway is the runway.
3: Like, oh yeah, for sure, There's no doubt. If it was three years, then it's like a Joker, right? Or it's like mm-hmm. MB. Mm-hmm. But if it's like seven years or five to seven, yeah, it's him for sure. Now it's just about who's going to play with him. Mm-hmm. And to your point, okay, what does he do best where we, can, we know what to put around him? Yes. You know what I'm saying? So that part of it. But if it's that, it's, it's without a doubt he's the one I'm starting
1: with. Joker, MB, who you rolling with? And Why?
3: is more dominant in that regard and he should have won MVP if he doesn't get hurt but I think Joker when you just factor in health I think he's and health's nobody's fault but I'm just saying his style of play he doesn't use athleticism mm-hmm. I have to go with Joker Joker's playing the game backwards and what I mean is my man averages 30 points, and he doesn't want to score.
1: That's a fact. That's a fact.
3: Brother, I don't want to score. I'll, here, here, here. Mm-hmm. And he still gets 30. Then he can still play big boy basketball as well. hmm But the way he flows and the way he plays, and he's like, he plays a lot. Like, he's not missing games. And it's not nobody's fault. Like I said, I had injuries. I missed a year before. But I have to go a joker.
1: And, and you, you just spoke on health. Uh, which brings me to probably the hottest topic in the NBA right now the 65 game I don't like
3: limit. it, Dre. I don't like it. I I love the fact that we want everybody to play. Mm-hmm. We, shit, I was in year 17, I played all 82. That's crazy. So I, I love the fact of playing. I was, man, for years I've been saying before low management, low management when, we, when dudes were still practicing, low mm-hmm. management practice. Because yes. low management practice so these kids can see everybody playing. And it's Absolutely. good for the league, it's good for the kids, it's good for the game. So I'm all for it, this is not a load management uh, answer. But if you're injured, or you feel you're injured, or you're compensating something, and you're like, I have to play just to meet a quota to be eligible for an award, then that's the part I have a problem with. Mm -hmm. Cause you know what, at the end of the day, the people that are voting, they still don't have to vote for that person. Absolutely. So we're going to save them from themselves? Absolutely. Oh, he plays, if this rule was never in effect, he played 63 games, he had a great 63. I have to vote. No, you don't. Yeah. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. So I have a, I, I think somehow, I'm not saying the intent was wrong of getting guys to play, because guys should play. Let me be very clear about that. But if they're injured, and they can get injured worse, trying to be out there to, to meet a quota, that's the part I have a problem
1: with. Like, we've actually seen two guys that happened to already this year. Joel, He's actually playing against us when he just hurt his knee. Yeah. I mean, I had already heard that the knee was not doing in a right, good right. space. And they told us like <clears throat> if if it wasn't the game thing, he wouldn't play tonight. Then he played, it hurts the knee. We've also seen it, we're here in Hinklefield House in Indianapolis. We've also seen it with Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Tyrese came back from the hamstring.
3: He's on main restriction right now. A little too soon. Yes.
1: He's now been back for three weeks, and he's still on a minute restriction. Still
3: on a minute restriction.
1: But he's forcing it to get back. Why? All-NBA. Because if I'm not mistaken, all-NBA actually affects his contract, I think.
3: Yes, it does. I think like, maybe $41 million. Absolutely. $53 million.
1: $53 million. So he's forcing it to get back for that. But and say he missed three more games before pushing it to come back, right? I don't think you're looking at that at the end of the year like, he missed those three more games. He's not all NBA.
3: No, you're not. You're not. So we're trying to save the, the voters from themselves because we're not technically putting it in a place where the guys are going to play more. He may miss more time if he gets hurt.
1: Absolutely. And like people don't know.
3: Yes, exactly. We don't even know when he's coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not good for the game because here he is having an MVP season. He's not playing the All-Star game. His team is hurting. It seems their second, third, fourth, and fifth player can be the best they can be, and it won't matter if Joel Embiid is not there. Absolutely. So that part, I understand what they were doing, like I said, to get people to play. We want that. As fans who watched the game and talked about the game, we want that. Absolutely. So we're not saying that. But also on the other side of that, we
5: can't have guys risking their health if they're injured. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
2: But the problem
6: is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake.
2: As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often.
5: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: trying to further play and injure themselves more.
1: It's the unintended consequence. Right. That's the problem. Right. You know, you're getting these guys who really hurt and it wasn't necessarily intended for them, but they're catching the consequence for it. For sure. So what's the right thing?
4: Okay, if maybe it's
3: maybe it's not, I think it shouldn't be attached to their money. Mm-hmm. I'm not a component of he has to play this many games to get eligible or all NBA to get eligible. I mean, that's a bonus, obviously. I'm, I'm not sure what the right thing is. I'm sure they've had these conversations. They've had to, right? You made All-NBA? I
1: have before a couple times. A couple times. Not.
3: What's you your take on it?
1: My take on it is um, <clears throat> I think the 65-game rule is, is pathetic. I think um, I, I totally understand wanting to get guys on the floor yes. and have it. But, like, this is the NBA, we know when somebody really hurt and when you actually like low managing. Right. So, my thing is, do the work. Like, really do the work and know who's actually low managing because they keep all these notes. Like, For sure. every time I go in the training room. Oh,
3: everything's tracked now. It's tracked. Yeah.
1: So, you know the truth. Right. Like, you know, if I'm in there L and every day with this knee, and all of a sudden, two weeks later, it's just gotten to a place to where I probably can't go tonight. You know. <laughs> you know. Because you've seen on my log that I've been in that training room for this right knee. Every day. Every day for the last two weeks. Before years. and after practice. Every day. I have to be in there or else it's just not in a good space, right? So my thing is do the work. Like, don't punish Joel and B. because say this. Say if Joe was hurting at that time, and then he missed seven games instead of the two that he missed. He missed seven. And then he comes back healthy and on the same terror that he was on. Can he still win MVP? Can he still make an impression on voters whose – the last impression in their mind was how he was dominating, then he missed seven games, and then he come back and pick right back up there. Can he still win MVP. If he can, in the voter's mind, then let it be.
3: Let it be. What if a person runs in, player X runs into plexor, player Y's knee or ankle, that whatever, and he misses 10 games because of it? Mm-hmm. How are we penalizing him for missing 10 games? And that part, that's the part that needs to be tweaked. And now he, he's not eligible because he may miss four more and then two more. And now mm-hmm. he's not eligible for, or three more, whatever, and he's not eligible to be for those awards. Mm-hmm. You don't have to vote for him, but he shouldn't be penalized yes. if he has real injuries to deal with. That's that's my thing on it.
1: I agree. You sit on the side of media now. I sit on both sides yes. currently. Uh, but, and also understanding that media makes decisions that does, that can decide fact, whether yeah. Tyrese Halliburton makes 53 million. Is there a better system that we can come up with then time, because here's the thing, Ma. Oh, I may not like a reporter, and that reporter may not like me, for whatever reason. Maybe I didn't give them an interview when they right. wanted an interview. Maybe, been there, right? Maybe they said something that I didn't like, and, and I, I said say something nothing, yeah. back to them, and they didn't like that, and so then they don't vote. Should we still be in a space where our money is decided
3: by their emotions?
1: By, because they're <laughs> human beings, like we, right, like you can't tell doesn't. me they're not biased. They're human right, beings,
3: right. No. Hell no. Are you serious? No, no way. There's no way because they're going to always feel personal about that. Oh, Absolutely. you didn't speak to me or I said something and I didn't like how you responded in front of people. Now I'm a little embarrassed or whatever it might be. No, and that's why that part of it is why we love that you're in media. We love that players are in media because you guys are in are in it, like truly in it. You're in the locker rooms. You Like I hate when, all oh, a source said this. Put a name to it. I used to, back in the day, Dre, is I would see something somebody said. They would have to wait because you got to think this is just papers, just Mm -hmm. newspapers. Mm -hmm. So something comes out, the next day it comes out. By the time you address it, the next day it finally hits the paper. So that's a two to three day span. Absolutely. So I love that players are taking the power of their own. You can end it in two seconds. Mm -hmm. Literally, you can have your own press conference for millions of people in two seconds to get things right and straighten things out. And I love that part of it.
1: Before we get out of here, uh, who you got winning it this year?
3: (sighs) I think, to be honest with you, I think the West, Denver's always there. I think Phoenix is built for the playoffs mm-hmm. and I don't think they're done. I think they're going to get a guard who can kind of organize and kind of, I think they are missing that. And I think they're missing the backup big. And I think the Clippers are rolling at the right time.
1: They are.
3: I saw your eyes jump up when I said the Clippers. Take yourself out of it. Now I need you on the media side. You ain't the player side right now. I need you on the media side. Are the Clippers the one team that you look at like, okay, they can really go do this if they stay healthy?
1: For sure, because they have everything. Um, They have a Hall of Fame point guard. Yes. They have a Hall of Fame shooting guard. Yeah. <laughs> they have a Hall of Fame small forward. Yes. They have a Hall of Fame point guard the, on the bench. Yes.
3: Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> um, now, and maybe a, a Hall of Fame uh, coach. Absolutely. Yes. Now, aside from that, they got Biggs and Zubox, and who's kind of more of a bruiser. Uh huh. And then you got Plumlee who's kind of a little bit of a bruiser, but also fast and athletic and can keep up, like, on the perimeter and, like, can pressure a big that can't necessarily handle the ball and get back to the rim and defend the rim. They got Norman Powell off the bench, who's scoring the basketball at a very high clip. Mm-hmm. They got role players. I think they have a lot. Now, health. Health is obviously yeah. for anybody but yeah like, first that's for everybody everybody has to be healthy but i think they have anything that you need to compete for a championship and like you said it's coming together at the right time but also aside from them having everything that you need they got guys that need a championship James Harden need a championship Paul George need a championship Russell Westbrook Need a champion, so they starving. They hungry. And guess what? All those guys I just named are closer to the end than they are to the beginning.
3: Right, so they know that.
1: Way closer to the end <clears throat> than they are to the beginning. So they know. This is it. This is probably my best chance and last chance. Right, it's the Michael that if Jackson I to don't do it sit. now, <laughs> it don't happen. It don't happen. You know, and so I think, and, and then, now you put all that into account, and you got Ty Lue orchestrating it. And Talu know what to do. He know what to do in those situations. You don't panic not at all. You know, I, I, we're not gonna go there, Talu. You know the love I got for right. me. this man. Brought us back, brought three one. I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> Talu, Ty, Ty I'm you surprised know.
3: you give him love to the Clippers because you know we came a long way with that Warriors Clippers thing.
1: Absolutely, but you know we smacked them up enough to where I can get that love and, and, and you know be all right with it. More, I, I, you know, I got yeah. two questions for talk
3: you. Talk to me. You remember when? Word got to us when all that happened that if we walked out and didn't play, mm-hmm. you guys was on board. Is that real? Were you guys really not gonna play if we didn't play?
1: One hundred percent. This is when Donald Sterling. Yes. Uh, the recording came out yes. with Donald Sterling. The game that night, if you go back and look, uh, the game was us versus y'all. Mm-hmm. This was Adam Silver's first big decision yes, he had was. to make.
3: Shout out to, to Adam Silver. Yes, it was. Who's
1: been the best commissioner by far, probably in the history of sports. But this was his first big decision that he had to make as the commissioner of the NBA. And it was Donald Sterling with the Magic Johnson thing, the recordings coming out, the races recording. And we had a game to play that night. And Steph was talking to Chris. Mm -hmm. um, D. Lee was talking to somebody else on y'all team. Andre uh, talking to CP as well. And we were talking about what are we doing if the announcement essentially doesn't, or if we don't approve. And it was, well, we're going to go out there on the court, like we're lining up for the jump ball, and we're walking off.
3: What effect do you think it would have had, had we done
1: that? I think it changes. Now with
3: how things are and how the world
1: is. I think it changes the landscape of the NBA. I think it changes the landscape of how athletes view themselves in this whole what athlete's place, how athletes view their place in this whole business. Because as time has gone on, we've figured out more of our place, mm-hmm. but we still don't have a stake in it. And I think with that move, if we had made that move, I think we have stake in it right now.
3: So that's a move that could have outlived all of
1: us. 100%. It would have been on CNN. It would have been, been everywhere. And, and what it shows you most importantly is, all right, guess what? Go play. Go play. The game don't go on. It's over. We're done. We're not playing. We're walking off. The game doesn't go on. On one
3: of the biggest stages at the time, right?
1: <laughs> Us versus y'all. Playoff stage. Playoffs.
3: Beef. You're right, everybody's watching that series. It's over. You're a warrior. Give me four other warriors. I know we're about to get it. Give me four other warriors. You go to warrior. They can't be on your team. Just in the league, from your perspective,
1: can't be on my team in the in a a league. Fox from- okay, warriors
3: like you got it. We going to play in the roughest, toughest, whatever in the world. I need four warriors to go with me.
4: No pun intended. Not warrior, warrior.
1: I'm taking, uh, can I be on my team?
3: No. They can't be on the Golden State Warriors. But Four that are built like you to go somewhere.
1: I'm play. taking uh, Bron. Okay. Um.
4: I am taking
1: Ja Morant. Mm. He ain't backing down from nobody. That's a great call. Okay. He, what Ja say, I'm running up the chip. I'm running up the chip. And to- he running up that motherfucker. My- <laughs> I'm taking Ja, I'm taking Braun,
4: I am taking... uh... Hmm, that's interesting, (laughs) that's interesting. I'm taking, um, cause see, here's the
1: thing. They with me, I can bring the dog. So I just need guys who got the dog. Like, as long as you got it enough for us to stand on, I'll, I'll bring it. You bring it. So, Ja, so I need you to be nice. <laughs> like, but we need but, the dog too, though. But that's what I'm saying. So these are guys who, that like, are dog- oh, absolutely, dogs, like But they nice. The dog yeah, jo- but like they nice. Yeah, like, yeah. So what takes the cake is how good they are. Right. So I need those guys. Okay. Like, all right. I'll do the. I'll do the other shit. I can't I, wait to hear these last I, two. So I'm taking those two.
4: I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking
3: Joker.
1: Man, you taking y- Joker? Y'all, man, y'all—they be talking that. May about- be the
3: most shocking thing I heard today.
1: Man, that dude, animal. an animal.
3: He is animal.
1: Oh, you ain't animal. gotta tell me. I just
3: told you how great he was.
1: He an animal though. Like, he don't talk. No. He don't flaunt it. You ain't moving him off his spot. Nah, no, hell no. You're not rattling him no. with nothing. Nothing. Like nothing's rattling. Him. Nothing. He an animal. I'm taking him. Okay. And he nice. Oh,
3: he's—he he like, all timer already. I'm taking Joker. You got one more.
1: And my last one I'm taking is... Uh...
4: Shay Gilders Alexander.
3: He talked to JJ yesterday. And it wasn't the... And I'm saying that to say this. It wasn't the, oh, what's up? It was like the talk you had with him in, in the Bay, in the finals. Mm-hmm. It was a real talk. And to hear him, I said, he's a, he's a dog. He's a dog. He's a real dog. He ain't no, he ain't no fake dog, mm-hmm. like he's a dog. Absolutely. And so his mindset was impressive to hear. So it's Appreciate. you, Ja, SGA, Bron, and Joker. And them five dogs can go anywhere. Anywhere. Man, and get it done.
1: We're going to Serbia, we're climbing yeah, anyway, the ship, anywhere, That's Serbia. what I'm saying. Anywhere. We're going anywhere. That's real. And we got obviously the talent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But each one of those guys that I named stand on business. May do it quietly. May do it. Yeah, some are even, loud, some are quiet. Right? They gonna do it. But they stand on business. And I respect that. And you talking guys like, these are all guys, by the way, that carried load. They stand on business, yes, though. they do. And they dogs. And I got nothing but respect and love for those guys. So, like, the common answer would be, like, Pat Bev, you know what Right, I mean? right, right. But, like, I'll bring that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll bring that. Like, myself, I'll, I'll bring that. So, give me somebody who a dog, but they can go do all that other shit that I can't do. Yeah, 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 And them the guys.
3: Do you see anybody else that can be, who can be the next not to a T, not perfectly molded. Who can be the next generation of you,
1: Tari in the Eason. league right
3: now? That's my yeah, my way.
1: Tari, Eason. and you
3: said that quick. You thought about this?
1: Yeah, he, he. I love that kid, man. He, and I don't know what's happening right now in Houston. I haven't seen him play a ton, but I haven't heard a ton about him. So I don't know if he's playing a lot this year. You know, it can be tough with coaching changes and right. different stuff. Um, directions of organizations, all of a sudden they was getting smacked last year. White, like mopped across the court. And then now you bring in Ime, mm-hmm. you bring in Fred, you bring in Dylan Brooks, you bring in guys, Jeff Green. Winners. You're trying to change it. And sometimes young guys can get lost, lost in, in that. that you know. Sure. And so I'm not sure if he's gotten lost in it or not. Like I said, I haven't seen him play a ton. But from what I've seen from him, he can dribble the ball. He can shoot it okay, but you can you can like you can better a crazy jump shot. Crazy motor, yeah. You can better a jump shot. Yeah. You can so work he on can that. dribble the ball. He's a good athlete. He's not crazy freak athlete, but he's a good athlete. Great length, great size. Rebound the ball ain't like not soft at all. Right. Like, ain't backing down from nothing. Like does the little things. I say Tarriese. Now you gotta get in the right situation. All that, but he's one. His, But I love his game. I love what he brings to a team. And I think he got a chance to be, like, that next guy. If he embraced it, though. You know, because a lot of these young guys wouldn't want to embrace being me. You know, like, it's not sexy.
3: But it's so important. I, I've very rarely, and I've studied the game for a long time, very rarely have I seen two teammates – that were connected and leaned on each other like you and Steph. Facts. And it's, it's amazing. When I watch, I just I laugh. I'm like, this is... Because I, when I was in competition, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, I'm like, this is, is, is beautiful to watch because you guys are switching roles
1: within the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you about, know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's crazy
3: to see. And that's the Chinese riddle. That's the one that nobody can figure out.
1: It, it's so funny you say that because CP and being with us now he come up to me and he's like, yo, you and Steph should switch positions now. Like, you take the ball and him run into drags. I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm I'm watching
3: it and and me and C haven't even talked about that but I can see it. It's crazy (laughs) to see but it's beautiful and you guys will go down just as the connection of two players and their success. I mean, obviously you have the the Jordans, Pippins, Shaq, all that. But you guys will go down up there with duels that are just as connected and lean on each other just as beautifully. I
1: appreciate that, bro. Nah, no
3: doubt. No doubt. My
1: man, Ma, thank you. Always, bro. Yes, sir. Anytime, uh, you already know. Man, always a pleasure. I could talk basketball with Come you on, all man. day.
3: Savant. Thank you, my brother. you Savant, bro. Absolutely. For sure.
1: One of the GOATs. It's a wrap.
3: Appreciate y'all.
1: Peace.